the Sicha and Shabbos HaGadol, a summary of the Sicha. The reason that Shabbos HaGadol is called Shabbos HaGadol, the, day, the Shabbos before Pesach, the Alter Rebbe explains in Shulchan Aruch, he says that the Shabbos before Pesach is called Shabbos HaGadol because a great miracle, a Nes Godel, that um, the, the Korban Pesach was meant to be taken, Hashem said it should be taken five days before Pesach, which was on Yudnism, which happened to be on Shabbos that year, because the Yidn went out of Mitzrayim on Thursday, so Tesva was Thursday, so Shabbos was Yud. And when the uh, Egyptians saw that the Yidn were taking, setting aside a land, they said, why are you doing this? So they said, because we're going to bring a Korban Pesach, because that night Hashem is going to kill all the firstborn. So the firstborn went to Pare and to the other elders and said, uh, let them go. What do we, you want us to die? Let them go. And they said, no, we're not going to let them go. So they started a war between the two and they killed many of the Egyptians. Which is why it says, that he struck the Egyptians by, via their, their uh, firstborn, which can be read either by killing their firstborn or that the firstborn killed them. That's how the, this it's uh, read in this context. And so it was set as a day to uh, commemoration of that miracle, so Shabbos became Shabbos HaGodl. So the question is, why is this called a Nes Godl, a great miracle? What's so great about this miracle? It's not a supernatural miracle. It's actually a moderate, let's say moderate miracle in comparison to other miracles. And also the result of it was not exactly what they were looking for, what we were looking for. Even after they killed many of the Egyptians, they still didn't let the Eden go. So what's so great about the miracle that he calls it Nez Godel? And that for this reason, the Shabbos is called Shabbos HaGodel as if it's a greater Shabbos than other Shabbosim. Why is it so great? What makes it so great? Also, we have to understand, why was this Yom Tov commemoration set for Shabbos, the day of the week? Normally, Yom Tovim and Yiddishkeit are set according to the day of the month. So the Alter Rebbe does explain that the reason is because uh, Miriam, that's Miriam's Yorzeit, is on Yud Nisan, so they didn't want to make a Yom Tov. They made a fast day out of it. They didn't want to make a Yom Tov on Yud Nisan, so they made it on Shabbos. On Shabbos, there's no fast anyway, so whatever the Shabbos is, that's when the Yom Tov is. But that only expresses a negative reason why it couldn't be made on Yud Nisan, but there must be, in Torah, everything is so accurate and specific, so there must be a, a positive reason why it's Dafka set for Shabbos. So there must be a reason that there, somehow there, the Ness of the Lemakim Yisrael B'chereim must be specific to the Shabbos, which also explains why Hashem commanded that they should take the lamb on Shabbos, even though normally that would be in contravention to Shabbos, for many, many reasons. It's, you had to buy the lamb, that's forbidden on Shabbos, you had to bring it from the, from the store or wherever it is into your house, which is my, that is already transferring from one Rishos to the other, and many other things which go against Shmira Shabbos involved in getting this lamb. So why did Abishta set it specifically for Shabbos? And even though it's taka true that there was no, uh, it was before Matan Torah, so there was no mitzvah of Shabbos yet, it was before Mora, so there was no mitzvah of Shabbos yet, but since we know that Avrami Yitzchak and Yaakov kept the whole Torah, it stands to reason that at least some of the descendants, their descendants, which means all the Yidden, 
some of all the Yidin must have been keeping Shabbos as well as did the forefathers. So why would he do something that to set it after the Shabbos? So there must be because that there is a special, specific connection between this event and Shabbos itself. So to explain this, we first have to examine a little closely the status of Shabbos. We have to define what Shabbos is in a certain sense. The Tzemach Tzedek explained on the Pasuk Mizmer Shir Liyema Shabbos. He says, based on what the Medrash says, that this is a Shabbos which is, Hashem removes anything which causes harm from the world. That they shouldn't cause any harm. That's what the Pasuk says, and the wolf will live with the lamb, together with the lamb. So that can be seen in two ways. That Shabbos um, removes any harm could be seen in two ways. Number one, that he completely removes anything that could cause harm altogether. And therefore, they can't, they're unable to cause harm. But then there's another way of looking at it, that he doesn't have to remove the things which cause harm. He just causes them from causing harm. He stops them from causing harm. And this second way is a greater way of accomplishing to get rid of harmful things because it means his hapcha, it completely transforms it causes a transformation that even though the the entity like let's say the wolf remains but it no longer causes harm to the lamb now it's able to to be with the lamb perhaps even support the lamb give it protection protect the lamb so that's a greater way of tra- of uh, removing harmful things by transforming those things which cause harm rather than removing them and although to truly experience the, the idea that Shabbos removes anything harmful, we will have to wait until Mashiach comes. That's when all harm will re- be removed from the world. And that's the, the inner meaning, that's what the Pashita meaning of Shabbos it means the Yom Shakuli Shabbos, the time which will be considered Shabbos, then there will be nothing harmful in the world any, anymore. Everything will have been transformed. And now we don't have this yet. We don't see this yet. It might be on a higher level in an inner dimension, but it's not yet manifest in the world. But on Shabbos Bereshis means the very first Shabbos. We already saw that this happened because there was no darkness on that Shabbos. There was 36 hours of light from Friday night, from Friday morning until Sunday morning. Sorry, until Meitzoy Shabbos. The reason why Shabbos is the idea of his hapcha, why is it that this kind of um, transformation happens on Shabbos? It's because the very nature of Shabbos is the nature of his hapcha. And the Rebbe goes into a very esoteric explanation of that right now. Our sages tell us that what was the world, when Hashem created the six days of creation, what was the world lacking? It was lacking one thing, menucha, rest came along Shabbos and there were, now rest was created as well. That's why it says that's why he concluded creating the world on the seventh day because it still needed the idea of rest to be created and Shabbos came along and rest was created. So we have to understand this. What do you mean that's the only thing that was lacking? The Maggit says that time itself is a creation too. Just like everything else in the world was created, trees and grass and animals and so on, time also was created during the six days of creation. 
So the Rebbe says that every moment of creation, or at least every day of the six days of creation, really the seven days of creation, needed the time for that day to be created independently, separately. It wasn't enough that he created the idea of time, and now time is created and it just um, repeats itself. Time repeats itself because each one of the six, seven days of creation has a unique contribution. Each day has its own purpose, its own agenda. The first day has its agenda. For instance, what was created during the first day? Light. So also, day one, the time that comprises day one, was created. The time that comprises day two, in addition to the different things that were created on day two, but the time itself, which comprises day two, had to be created as day two. And the same with all the other six, seven days of creation. Once time, the cycle of the seven days, was already created, what happens in week two is that the same thing gets repeated again and again. So there's no need to create time in week two. You don't have to create day three, because it's just a throwback to day three of of week one, and it doesn't have to be created independently. But in week one, it had to be created, because as the Zayar says, each day has its purpose and that had to be created so the time that that the time that makes up that day also had to be created separately so then the question is when day 7 came along which is Shabbos Hashem had to create the time which makes up day 7 so what do you mean it was only Menucha that was missing the time of day 7 was missing wasn't yet created Therefore, we have to say that the time of Yom HaShabbos and Menucha, they are one and the same. It's not two separate creations, they are one and the same. To explain, um, time is made up of past, present, and future. That's what makes time, the transition from past to present, from present to future, and so on, that that it keeps happening. And that's how it makes up time. That's how the span of time is, um, develops. Shabbos is a time when everything comes to a standstill, when everything comes to a rest, which means time itself comes to a rest. Time is not seen anymore as a transition from one, from past, present to present to future. It is seen as one entity. The entire span of Shabbos is seen as one entity of time not a transition. It's at rest in the way it is. It's a little difficult to understand what that means, but that's what Shabbos means. And therefore, creating the time of Shabbos was created in the sense of Menucha. So the time of Shabbos in which it's distinct from the other, the, from the other days is the fact that time of Shabbos is at a standstill and not experienced in the same way as regular time for the rest of the week. In other words, we're saying that time itself, which makes up Shabbos, is at a standstill. In other words, the transformation of time itself, Shabbos is defined by a transformation of time into rest. Therefore, Shabbos, the very entity of Shabbos, is the concept of, is hapcha, of transformation taking something which has a certain definition and transforming that definition, the definition of time, into rest, into non-transition from past, present, and future. 
And that's what the Rebbe means to say that that Shabbos is defined by Ishapcha. And that's why Shabbos was the day chosen for Ishapcha to be experienced. And that's why Mazikim do not cause harm, not by the fact that they are completely removed, but rather that they are transformed. The Rebbe gives us a few examples how this is expressed sometimes in Allah. We'll pick one of those examples. If a child becomes an adult in the middle of Sviris Aimer, Sviris Aimer is the counting of time as it transitions from day one to day two all the way down to day 49. There's a machlekes whether the child has to start counting Sphira at the time when he becomes an adult. One, one side says that he does have to. Each day, day is seen as separate. And therefore, when you, when you arrive in the middle, you start counting that day. Another opinion is that all that span of 49 days has to be seen as one entity of time. If you missed point one, there's no point in continuing in the middle of point ten, because you missed the first nine, so therefore it's not separate entities, it's one big entity, and if you missed it, you missed it. So we see that time itself, the transition from day one to day two, can be seen all as one entity. And that explains why the Al-Tarabah sees this as a great miracle. Because the miracle happened, all other miracles that happened to save the Yidin from situations, even in Mitzrayim, was that they crushed the enemy. Makastam crushed them in this way. Makasvardeya crushed them in another way. Um, this miracle happened not that, they, that we had to crush the enemy, the enemy itself, the Bechayrim, the firstborn, the firstborn is a, another way of saying the most dominant, the most prominent of the Mitzrayim, in other words, the Taikiv, the most powerful force of the Klippa of Mitzrayim, turned against Mitzrayim itself and sided with the Yidin on this matter. On this matter, they were there to assist and make sure that the Mitzrayim should release the the Yidin from Mitzrayim. So that is a transformation which is Godel and has to be Tafkan Shabbos because that's when transformation happens. And that's why Hashem said to take the lamb, which would lead to this transformation of the, uh, the firstborn, Tafka and Shabbos, because that is the day that a miracle like this has to be initiated and has to happen. And that explains why the Alter Rebbe only gives the reason of the Makim Mitzrayim of Chereim, that the Egyptian, the, the, the war between the firstborn, the Bechayim, and the Mitzrayim, and he doesn't use any of the other reasons which are given for other reasons why Shabbos Agal is called Shabbos Agal, because this is the primary reason. Shabbos is a time of transformation. This was a miracle in which the enemy was transformed, at least the certain elements of the enemy, the most dominant of the enemy, was transformed to become, to side with the Yidin. It's well known what the Arizal says on the Venasim, which is a quote from the Megillah, that these days will be remembered and practiced. Uh, the Arizal says what this means is that in, if you remember properly the past then, and you act on them, the remembering it properly will give you the ability to act to further that. You have to remember it properly. When we talk about the idea of Mishchu Kul that Hashem told them to draw and take for them sheep, a lamb, for the Korban Pesach eventually, which happened on that Shabbos. 
today, what can we do in order to do that? To remember that properly, how are we going to practice that? The answer is that even though we find ourselves now in the deepest Golos possible, actually it's in a way similar to what happened to the Yidna Mitzrayim, because this was done before they got out of Mitzrayim. This was done towards the end of the Golos, but still when the Golos was in its, in its intensity. And we do Mishchu in the sense that we with Mishchu means to withdraw from Avedazara, which was what they were told to do in Mitzrayim. Withdraw from Avedazara and take for yourself a lamb that you are going to bring yourself closer to Hashem. Withdraw from Avedazara, come closer to Hashem. But that could also be understood in the sense that withdraw from anything which is foreign to you. Not to say that we have to tell a Yid today that he has to withdraw from Avedazara. Which Yid has a connection to Avedazara? But there are certain things which you don't belong. They're foreign to you. You shouldn't be involved in that. So withdraw from that and bring yourself closer to Hashem. In a, in a more general sense, Mishchu means withdraw Sur Meirah. Don't do the things that you shouldn't do. means do the things that you are meant to do. And we, when we do that, withdraw and do from what you shouldn't do and do what you should do. And not only for yourself, but you also exert your influence on people around you, your family and the, further, uh, the outer, more, uh, more distant people that you're in contact with. We will certainly be successful in transforming the world around us, even the Bechayrim, meaning the most dominant of Klippa, that they should also um, join, not just be pushed to the side, but that they will also join us as in the sense of Ishapcha to transform them. And the great miracle of Kimet Seischa, that when we went out of Mitzrayim, so also we will see it in the time of Mashiach, it will reflect, it will mirror what happened going out of Mitzrayim. This will happen for us too.